Um, are there divine appointments? Are there? Are there special moments when God comes by and whispers in your ear? Or speaks to your spirit? Or moves you to do something special or specific? Or possibly, as you read your Bible, will cause a verse of Scripture just to almost get bold, stand out to you. Will he... Have you had times when God, when God will bring a verse to you in, in the night? I know he brings songs in the night. Uh, and once in a while, God taps on your shoulder. I'm going to show you a video that somebody sent. I don't know where I got it, but I got it. Somebody sent it to me, and I think I need to share with you uh, about God tapping on our shoulder. Then after this is done, it's about a four-minute video, I will pick it up. Turn all the lights but the sides out. Those three lights you can turn out. And Brother Barrow is going to run this video, and these lights got to go out before you, before you start it. Kill these lights, yeah. Okay. Shoulder taps. So... Tony and I are having lunch at California Pizza Kitchen the other day, and across from us, I noticed this elderly woman sit down. She's dressed nicely, and she's at a large table by herself for about five minutes, and then what appears to be her daughter shows up, and I don't recall, two or three grandkids, and they all look spectacular, uh, ready for a nice meal, obviously. And at about that time, a voice in my head starts saying, you need to go tell her how pretty she looks. So I don't even know if we're eating at this point or not, but the food arrives, check arrives. We're going to go down the walkway a little bit in this strip center and look for something. And um, that's the next thing that we're going to move to. So, so Tony stands up. I don't tell her any of this. Um, and on my way out, I just kneel down and kind of get into this, position where I'm at her level that right where she's now in her in her chair and I said uh, hey if nobody else has told you yet today um, I just want you to hear from me how lovely you are and she looks at me with a look I've never seen before and says I know you and I said no you we, we don't know each other and she said I know your spirit and it gets really quiet between us and she says, my husband died a year ago, and that's something he would have said to me. And at that moment, I can't talk. I can't talk. I'm overcome by emotion, and I just hug her and smile at her through tears, and I leave. But here's what I know, and here's the reason I'm telling you this. I believe that God taps us on the shoulders and uses us at just the right moment. And what I know for sure is that she was blessed and I was enormously blessed. So I've learned in my life to listen to these shoulder taps because they do happen. And I believe the more that we listen to them, the more in alignment we are with God. And that's an awesome place to be. Shoulder taps.
most of what God wants us to know is in the Bible. It's been said and approximated by different preachers that I've heard through the years that 95% of what God wants you to know, he put in a book. Here, right here, he put in a book. 95%, you can say 95, 98, 85, but most of what you need to know as a Christian is right here. But you can't deny, and you shouldn't deny, that there's a certain percent percentage of what God wants you to know he's going to come to you on directly one-to-one. -one. Like this guy mentioned, and he used the word shoulder taps. Some of the information God wants us to know is communicated through nature. When you see the birds and, and the bees and the flowers and the trees, he, uh, he's, he's, he's really kind of, if I may say this way, showing off uh, who he is. It's like, it's like a painter showing you his picture. Look at this. Uh, it, it, when we look at nature, it tells us a lot about the God we serve. A lot. Not everything, but a lot about him. But still, some other information comes directly to us through the voice of the Holy Spirit. And because of Pentecostalism and the abuse of this subject, Sometimes independent fundamental Baptists have withdrawn from this subject and not said much about it. But the truth is, no matter how they may abuse this area, there's still truth here, and God still uses it. In the early New Testament times, if you thought, if you thought about the disciples and things, all they had was the Old Testament. They had 39 books of the Old Testament. They weren't really readily available to them. I mean, they were hand-copied, Masoretic scribe, extremely valuable and highly guarded so that there would be no corruption. The Masoretic scribes were, were radical about the accuracy of, of the Bible and counted the letters forward, backwards, and et cetera, et cetera, when they, when they copied it because they understood that corruption could enter into copies. And so they were very, 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 and supernaturally, I think God preserved the Old Testament for us. And so those, those Old Testaments in the New Testament time were not, you know, they weren't going down to the bookstore and buy a, a, a perfect duplication. Only the rich people could ever possess one. The poor people would go to synagogue and possibly be able to, like Jesus, be able to read some of the, you know, scroll. But it was, it was protected and highly valuable. So what I'm trying to say is they didn't have a lot of access to a written word. They, hadn't, they didn't have New Testament. For the most part, they didn't have it. So the Holy Spirit spoke directly to the disciples. Some examples of that is in Acts 8, 29. Philip says the Spirit says, Then the Spirit said unto Philip, Go near and join thyself to the chariot, you know, the Ethiopian eunuch. The Spirit directly told him, Go do this. Acts chapter 16, Paul says, A vision appeared to Paul in the night. There stood a man of Macedonia, Macedonia and prayed to him, saying, Come over into Macedonia and help me. And after he had seen the vision, immediately we endeavored to go to Macedonia, assuredly gathering that the Lord had called us for to preach a gospel unto them. In Matthew chapter 10, verse 19 and 20, it says, But when they deliver you, deliver you up, take no thought how or what ye shall speak. It shall be given you in that same hour what ye shall speak. Well, that's direct communication of the Holy Spirit. And to confirm that, he says, for it is not 
ye that speak, but the spirit of your father which speaketh in you. Now, you have not lived very long as a Christian and haven't had this happen. Literally, God's spoken through you. You say, Bill, I don't, I don't remember having. Don't have to. You don't have to be part of it. You're just a vessel, right? When you go door to door and tell people about Jesus, the Spirit of God's there. The Word of God's there. And He's communicating to those people. I think when Paul in Acts 16 says, Now when they had gone through Phrygia and the region of Galatia and were forbidden of the Holy Ghost to preach the word in Asia. Now there were lost people in Asia, right? There were lost people in Asia, a lot of them. Holy Spirit said, don't go there. Just because there's a need, does that, not, that does not mean that's the will of God. That's a whole sermon right there. A need does not constitute the will of God. And after they had come to Mysia, they assailed, they assailed to go over to Bithynia, but the Spirit suffered them not. There were lost people in those two places, but the Spirit said, I don't want you to go there. Don't go there. All born-again Christians are led by the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God. I say all, all. How do you know? Acts chapter, Romans chapter 8, verse 14 says, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Are you a son of God? Are you a child of God? That means you're led to the Spirit of God. That's how you got saved, by the way. And in Romans 8, 9, it says, But ye are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If so, be it the Spirit of God dwell in you. And if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. That's probably the best verse of all in the New Testament, saying you have, beside 1 Corinthians chapter 3, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, you have the Holy Spirit in you. That's why you are saved. If you didn't have the Holy Spirit, you wouldn't be saved. You would be none of his. Um, in, in Romans 8, 16, it says, The Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. People say, what is being born again? It's having the Holy Spirit dwelling in you. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9 through 10, But it is written, I have not seen nor ear heard and entered into the heart of man, the things which God hath prepared for them that love him, but God hath revealed them unto us by his Spirit. The fact that you know there's a millennium coming has been revealed to you by the Holy Spirit and the Word of God. The fact that you know there's going to be a second coming of Christ. The fact that you know about the tribulation period. The fact that you know that, that uh, there's a rapture of the church. That's all revealed to us. That's not revealed to them. They do not know that. If you look at the movies of Hollywood, what do you find in commonality? Dark, dismal end of this world. But instead of there being a dark, dismal end of this world, it's going to be Jesus is going to put his feet on the Mount of Olives and going to rule for a thousand years, and there's going to be righteousness flow over this place like it's never done for 1,000 years. If you ask me, that's pretty, pretty good, the last thousand years of earth. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7 says, But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man, every person, to profit with all. Galatians 4, 6 says, Because ye are sons, God has set for, sent forth the Spirit of His Son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. I think because of the abuses, as I said before, of Pentecostalism, the wild-eyed, the Lord told me what food to eat, the Lord told me how many spoons, I mean, you know, I mean, just on and into absurdity, 
we have backed away from the fact that the Holy Spirit is there to help us on our day-to-day lives. Well, my wife and I go on a trip and go anywhere. I say, Lord Jesus, give me every decision. May every decision I make today, there'll be thousands, maybe a hundred decisions I make today. When you ride your motorcycle, not a bad idea. Every decision I make, may it be from heaven. God's Holy Spirit is a vital part of our lives, a vital part of our daily lives. He guides us into all truth. He explains the Bible to us. He comforts us in trouble. He rebukes us when we sin. He gives us joy unspeakable, full of glory. He gives us wisdom and understanding, and so much more. It makes sense that once in a while, the Holy Spirit will whisper in your ear, or as this man put it, tap you on the shoulder. For a special assignment. You got a special assignment. Let me give you a personal testimony of some of the special assignments, of some of the tap, shoulder taps that God has done in my life. When I was a graduate, I was about 19 years old. I was out about Jones. I'd been there a semester and then left. Uh, married, went back to Elkhart and worked on the railroad for about a year. It was a hard time for me, and um, I was working third shift railroad in the yard. You people have written a railroad in the yard, uh, switching cars. The road, they go from place to place. When you work in the yard, you shift cars. My grandfather had worked 46 years for the New York Central, so it was easy for me to get a job. I went in there and says, my grandfather's Hartman. He said, you're hired. It's a good old boy system. It was, before they went bankrupt. And uh, it was a union, too. I made the same wages as a guy who had been there for 40 years. Terrible system, really. I mean, it bankrupted it. But I was happy. Because I was making back in, in that, in back in, that was 70, 70, that was 1970. Let's see, that would have been the spring of 71. I was making $125 a day. And man, I, I mean, I was happy, happy, happy working with the union. I'm really anti-union, except when I'm in it making a lot of money. Then all of a sudden, it's, it's okay. Even though it bankrupted the whole railroad. You couldn't get fired. We'd have engineers come to work drunk. They wouldn't get fired. They'd just put them off. You just couldn't get fired. It's just, a, it's just not right. But anyways, that's not what it's about. But I was working third shift. Third shift's a tough shift. Third shift, you know, man, it'd get like 17 below zero, 20 below zero. And if I don't know if you know what happens to steel when it gets that cold, but those big steel cars, them big, them big steel wheels were about that tall on steel rails with, with steel everywhere. And it would moan and it would groan and it would talk and it would just, it was like a wailing, it, was, it sounded like a wailing woman, except there were hundreds of them wailing all at the same time. And here I am, I'm there at night, and I'm hearing all this wailing of this metal, and I'm thinking, oh, it's me, for I am undone. I'm a man of unclean lips dwelling the... And because those uh, railroaders are, are not known for being the finest people in the world. You know, man, them boys, them boys uh, had a whole new level of evil. And uh, there was a young man about my age, he was married, a little older than I was. He's married and had three kids, and he and I were... Finishing our shift, you know, about 7 o'clock, I think the shift finished. We went 11 to 7. And so at 7 o'clock, I, I can remember like I'm standing there with a the guy. I'd seen the guy. I didn't know him well, but I'd seen him a few times. And, and, and um, we were walking 
together because we were going to our cars. Our cars were parked in the parking lot, and we were kind of walking together, you know, not saying much, tired at the end of the day. And the Holy Spirit came by, and he said to me, as clear as if somebody were talking to me, and obviously inside he said, I want you to tell, I want you to tell him about Jesus. I want you to tell him about me. And I, <clears throat> I was tired. I was, hope, you know, getting ready to go home and eat. I was thinking about all that, seeing my, my woman. And, and uh, I said, oh, Lord, you know, I'm tired. I'll do that tomorrow night. I'll do that. And he said, again, he said, now I want you to talk to him about me. And I thought, man, you know, Lord, it's just this morning. Meantime, we're walking. Well, we came to the place where he went to his car and I went to my car. And I argued with God until he went to the right, and then I went to the left, got my car. Uh, that night at 11 o'clock, I showed back up for my shift, and, and I, I, wanted, I was ready. I was going to talk to him about Jesus now. I'm ready. I feel good starting my shift. I said, where's so-and-so? Oh, you didn't hear? I said, no. He killed himself yesterday. He killed himself. I was his last hope. So I had to come to Jesus meeting with Jesus. I said, have you ever talked to me again? I'll do what you tell me. I don't care how much I don't want to do it. I don't care how inconvenient it may be. I don't care what I feel like, but if you'll forgive me and let me and talk to me again, I will, I'll be faithful to you. And by the grace of God, from here to there, when God comes by, and he does come by, and tap on your shoulder, I call it divine appointment for special service. I missed my divine appointment that night, that morning. Many times through the years, I've been checking out of a grocery store or waiting in line to pay for my goods, and the Holy Spirit will come and whisper in my ear again, saying, I want you to give the clerk there a testimony. I'll say, Lord, there's a lot of people, and then I, I stop. Whoa, 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 that kid comes back up in my mind. Okay, Lord. But you know, I've even been so stupid that I have gone up there and paid for it and didn't do it. Went out to my car. And on my way out to my car, the Holy Spirit said, you made a promise to me, didn't you? I've even gotten in my car and started driving down the road, turned around, came all the way back, got out of the car, walked back into the store, and waited in line and said, I don't know what's going on in your life, but I can tell you one thing. God's coming by your house because I drove down the road, God wouldn't let me do it, came back, and here is a gospel track, and I want you to know Jesus loves you and he died for you. Obviously, there's customers coming and going, so that's much you're going to be able to do. But I'd love to talk to you more about it if you know him. If you'd like to talk more about it, here we are. Here's who we are. All, everything I knew to do. This happened over and over again. Kinds of crazy kinds of time. Once I was, I was going down a, a, a strange, I, I don't even know, I think I was coming back from Gary, Indiana. 
working in Bethlehem Steel Mill. And I was going down this, excuse me, lone, lone country road. And I passed a hitchhiker. Man, I've passed a lot of hitchhikers. Passed a hitchhiker and the Holy Spirit said, go back and talk to him. Pick him up. I thought, oh, I'm already past the guy, right? I got to look for a place to turn around. Then I got thinking, okay, I told you I'd do it. And sometimes I'll say, God, I don't know what you're doing, but I, you know, I, I'm, in, I'm in a hurry. Boy. So I stopped, turned around, went back, and I think this guy is going to think I'm some freak, some weirdo. I'm already getting a scenario up because he saw me go by him. And he sees me stop, come back, turn around, you know, two guys. I think this guy's going to think I'm as queer as a $3 bill. And that was before all of this. This was back. And so I stopped, got him, got him, picked him up, got in the front seat with him and said, man, I don't know what's going on in your life. I don't know the whole thing. I said, but God wants to talk to you and gave him the testimony of how he got right with God and Gave him the gospel. He listened intensely. Didn't make a decision. Didn't really say a whole lot to me. I said, where do you want to go? I took him out of my way where he wanted to go. Dropped him off. That was it. Never saw him again. But I made my appointment. It was a divine appointment. I, I was going on Alligator Alley with my mom and dad. We were heading towards Miami. And I don't even know why. At night, and it was raining. Alligator Alley. We're about 50 miles into Alligator Alley. You know how wild and woolly Alligator Alley is at night? Do you know how many mosquitoes are on alligator? If you ever get a flat tire on alligator alley, you will not live to change it. I am serious, man. I have gotten out. We had a flat tire on our boat one time, and I thought I wouldn't. I thought I'd have. A, you don't need to give blood for a couple years after that. I mean, if clouds of mosquitoes hit you, just clouds of them, hot, sweating. So here I am, I got my mom and dad with me, and we're talking, going along, and I, my, my headlights hit this guy with no t-shirt on, no t-shirt, mosquitoes, remember what I said? Wild kind of a looking guy. You know, his eyes catch, I catch his eyes as the lights go by, and I think, you know, I thought, man. And then the Holy Spirit says, I want you to go pick him up. And I'm saying, it's the middle of alligator, Hallie. I got my mom and dad with me. And then I got thinking about that guy in the railroad. I said, okay, all right. But I knew my mom and dad were going to go ballistic. And I, and I slowed down, you know, Alligator Alley, pulled off. Back, it was only two lane back then, by the way. No four lane. Made it a lot easier. You just do a Yui right in the middle of Alligator Alley. And my dad started, now, son, what you doing? What you doing? You're not going back and picking that boy up. You're not going back there in the middle of the night and picking that guy. And I said, Dad, God talked to me. He told me to go back there and get the guy. Here's my 38. I gave him my 38, my pistol. I said, shoot him if he does anything crazy. My dad's a Marine. I said, shoot him because we're going to go back and pick him up. And I didn't define my dad very much. I said, very much. And he looked at me. I said, God told me to do it, Dad. I'm going to do it. It was my car. And so I, we went around, went back there, went pa again, past the guy, turned around. And he's got a T. He's got no shirt on. 
And, it got, and I stopped, and I, I tell the kid, hey, man, what's wrong with you? What are you doing? And I said, man, I just crashed my car into the ditch, into the water. It, it, it sunk, and I, I need help. And so we got him in the car, and he says, where, where, where do you want to go? He said, there's an Indian reservation down the way. Could you take me up to the Indian reservation? I'll get, make a phone call, because we had no cell phones. And we'll make a phone call and try to get some help, because my car's in the, in the water over there. And, and so I started, my dad's got, my, sat, my dad sat behind him in the back seat with a gun. I mean, we, you know, we're not. And I got to tell him about Jesus, give him the gospel, talk to him for a while. Dropped him off where he wanted to be dropped off. I don't, I don't know one more thing about it. I just did what God asked me to do. Folks, what I'm saying is, once in a while, God is going to come by and tap you on the shoulder like that man said. And sometimes it's going to not seem reasonable. In fact, let me say, most of the time, it's not going to seem reasonable. If you're waiting to only do the reasonable will of God, you're only going to do a little portion of the will of God because a lot of times God's will is not reasonable to you at the moment. And if I may say, it's not the safest thing he may ask you to do or not do. Through the years, God has asked us and me specifically, and I'm sure he's asked you, stories would abound to meet the divine appointments. The question is tonight, are you listening? Now, I believe your spirit will know it's God's spirit. Now, this is important. His spirit will testify with your spirit that it's him. Because there's lots of voices. When you talk to yourself, who are you talking to? But you got to be careful because you got all kinds of voices are coming at your, your will, you got Satan, he can talk to you. He, he, oh, he suggested a bunch of stuff to me. I don't know about you. Eh, boys? He suggests all kinds of stuff. And, and uh, uh, you got those voices. You got your own will. Your, your flesh has got a voice. And, and, and then, you know, so you got all these. But I believe as born-again Christians, it's only right that, that you're obliged to do what God asks you to do. And you say, well, how am I going to know when God asks me to do it? Because you're going to know inherently it's God. I wish I could explain it better than that. Uh, you, you know, you may not believe this, and you don't have to, but when I saw Kathy, I knew it was my wife. I knew that was the one. How many in here had that kind of thing? Funny, had that feeling with your woman. Yeah. I just knew it was her. And my dad didn't think it was. My mom didn't think it was. Nobody else thought it was. And boy, I went through some stuff. When Troy told me that he had this black-haired rebel of a girl, this black-haired girl, and he said, she's the one. I said, you know that? He said, yeah, she's the one. Well, who am I? I said, okay. All right. Bring her down. Do I get to see her before you get married? I mean, I, mean, I raised an independent kid a little bit wildly independent, man. So he, he says, yeah, I'll bring her down a week. As much as he wanted me to meet her. Little did he know he was going to live here. So he brought her down and 
And it wasn't because of her behavior. Trust me, it was not because of her behavior. But the Spirit whispered to me when I met Andrea, and he said, that's the one. Wow. I said, really? Wow, no kidding. I had no, I said, that's the one. Troy said, what do you think? I said, I believe it's it. And so far it's worked out. Not over yet. But I believe the Holy Spirit, now I'm not talking about 95% of your life. The trouble with some of these movements in, in the area of the Holy Spirit is, is it, it, it becomes 95% the Holy Spirit talks to them and 5% the Bible talks to them. I, I've had Pentecostal folks come to me and tell me stuff that the Holy Spirit supposedly told them that was absolute in contradiction of the Bible. That cannot be so. The Holy Spirit wrote the Bible. And he's God. And he knows the beginning and the end. There's no like reactions or, or, or last-minute decisions by God. And so... He, he wrote it. He's God. He cannot lie. He does not change. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. There is no variableness, no shadow of turning in him. And so when the Holy Spirit asks you to do something, it's not going to contradict the known word of God. People say, well, I believe, I believe God led this woman to pastor this church. He did not. And I say that on the authority of the word of God. You can take your feelings all you you can take your feelings and do whatever you want with them. But I got this right here. And the Holy Spirit inspired this. Uh, it, it does not contradict himself. And so the violations we see out there today if, are violations of the written word of God, and they'll justify it by saying, Well, the Holy Spirit's leading us. Have you heard these people say, The Lord said, the Lord said, the Lord said? And this is not what I'm talking about tonight. This is not that. I used to tell them, don't blame the Lord for those bad decisions. It's not an, uh, an emotion I'm talking about. It's not the wind of impulse. But it is God the Holy Spirit clearly making himself known to you in something very specific for you to do. And he will be consistent with the Bible. And so whatever happens, I think we should at least have a heads up that doubt, I wouldn't doubt this week somebody in this room is going to have a divine appointment. God's going to come by and say, I want you to go give this guy a track or give, tell this guy about Jesus, this girl. And you better do what the Holy Spirit asks you to do. And that, buddy, just make it happen. Don't have to suffer the same thing I've had to by that young man that I let down. No doubt his blood is on my hands. No doubt. And you don't have to have that happen. And maybe this sermon, maybe this message will help you to have your heads up about that and obey God in faith and humility with fear and trembling. With fear and trembling. And by the way, just like that guy said in the video, you'll be blessed and they'll be blessed. Boy, I've been blessed by obeying God. When God, you know, when I let that hitchhiker off, 
But in the very, I've fished, uh, there's been numbers of those I've had. I always had just this, the uh, Holy Spirit just give you a sense of peace and joy that you did the right thing. When I turned around and went back and told that counter, the checkout people, it just, there's just a joy unspeakable about obeying that. And, you know, I'm trying to get better on that and not have to get in my car or have to walk all the way across the parking lot before I'm like, like going to do it. Because you know what? I'm going to do it. And so why don't, when he just taps you on the shoulder and says, why don't you go do this? Why don't you say, okay, I'll do it. I'll do it. I don't want to do it, but I'll do it. A lot of times it's uncomfortable, but do it. And God will bless you in it. Remember when God comes by and whispers in your ear. Some messages I preach, oftentimes in the night, God will come by and just say, this is what I want you to do. And he'll, it, 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 he'll, he'll tell me a verse or something I can't get out of my mind. He goes, that's what I want you to do. Okay. Shoulder taps. Hmm. Father, help us tonight. Give us wisdom to discern between good and evil, to discern the voices. And we believe you're big enough to let us know the difference between false voices and true voices. I believe you're big enough to, know, to help us know that. And I pray, Father, that you'd help us this week to fulfill whatever divine appointments that you may make for us. Uh, oh, sometimes it may mess our schedule up. Sometimes it may mess our routine up. Sometimes it may delay us. But help us to fulfill our purpose of being your servants. Forgive us where we've ignored them or where we've walked away from them. And help us to do better. In Jesus' name, amen. If you would like to know more about the Lord Jesus Christ, you may contact us at the church website, gospelbaptistchurch.com, or you can go to Facebook and type in Gospel Baptist Church Bonita Springs, Florida. Also, you could call the church office at 239-947-1285. Thank you, and God bless.